Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and on today's episode, I want to talk about some of the lessons that I've learned while competing in the sport of weightlifting. I've done quite a few meets over the years, and I've been at these meets as both an athlete and a coach. So I thought it'd be cool to do today's episode from an athlete's perspective, just things that I've gone through, mistakes that I've made, successes that I've had. And then I'll do another episode in the future from a coach's perspective on memorable moments and things that I've learned through coaching others. So that's going to be the main focus of today's episode. But before I go into all of those stories, I do have a couple of announcements to make here at the top of the show. First, we have gone over 1,000 listens on the show. And that's super exciting to me to see so many people supporting this show and listening to all of these episodes. I hope you guys are learning a lot or getting something out of the show that you can apply to yourself or your own lifting and that this show has helped you in even the smallest of ways. Remember, I'm always here for you. So if you need any help with anything, shoot me an email or shoot me a DM. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that you have, whether it be on training or something else. Thank you again for all of the support. It's greatly appreciated. Now, next up, we have had a bunch of new PRs, no surprise there, from the Albany CrossFit Barbell Club team. We are currently in week four of the current training cycle, and these guys are just continuing to set new records left and right, uh, mainly on lifts from the hang. We got the high hang and also the hang from the knees, but we've had some PRs from the floor go down within the last week as well. So let's talk about those. First up, Frank PR'd his hang snatch, lowering the bar down to the kneecaps with a 112 kilo lift. That's up a kilo from his old PR. We're continuing to push the needle forward with Frank. And you know what? We took a couple stabs at 120 right after that. And he was pretty darn close. We are going to be connecting with that 120 kilo snatch goal. Definitely by the end of the year, possibly by the end of the training cycle. He's gotten super close from the floor, the high hang, and the mid hang from the knees. So he's right there. He's right there. We're going to connect the dots very soon. We've changed up some of our programming focus to gear things more towards uh, what he needs to work on to finish this lift. But trust me, one of these days, I'm going to be popping up here very soon on the podcast with that big celebration of the 120 kilo PR. Actually, you know what? Gonna have to get him on here when he does do that, just to kind of recap the journey. Uh, next up, we've got Schaff. Uh, the rest of these PRs are gonna all be in pounds because that's what we lift in at the gym. Schaff hit a 191 pound high hang snatch double for a brand new double PR the other day. Congrats, Schaff. Bree hit a 95-pound high-hang triple on the snatch, and she also hit a 115-pound snatch from the floor. Both of those are brand-new PRs. And Bree is another one to keep watching. She's moving the needle forward. I made that prediction that we're going to be at 130, 135 by the end of the year, and so far she's helping that prediction come true by continuing to PR her snatch from the floor. So, Big things coming from Brie, for sure. Uh, Renee, newest member on the team, PR'd her snatch from the floor by lifting 65 pounds. And then she also did 60 pounds from the high hang for a triple 
and she PR'd her clean and jerk lifting from the floor with a 110-pound lift. She's making great progress, and really, uh, the, the, the trickiest part about her lifting was going to be to get her to do the split jerk correctly. Uh, she was a push jerker. She typically had done push jerks in CrossFit workouts, and coming to the Barbell Club just a couple weeks ago was her first experience with the split jerk. I don't think we worked on it her first week in class, but we certainly started to work on it on her second week. So in only three weeks, she's making great progress on getting the correct leg position in that split. And that's a hard thing to do. Everyone who's attempted to do this, unless you're just a natural, uh, knows the difficulty of getting your legs in the right spot on that split jerk. And I mean, Renee's just a natural split jerker. So it's really coming to her quickly. I, I haven't had to do a whole lot. We set some diagrams on the floor. Really, all I had to do was give her marks to hit with her feet on the floor, and she's kind of taking care of the rest. So uh, great job on that, Renee. And who knows? I mean, she might be practicing on her own. I don't know that. But she's certainly making quick progress on that lift. Uh, next up, we've got Diana. Of course, Diana's got to be on the lift list if we're uh, hitting PR lifts left and right. She the other day, did a 110-pound high-hang snatch triple. And this is significant because her old one-rep max from the hips that she set back in June was 110 pounds. So she's just destroying her old 1RMs, turning them into triples. And by the end of this training cycle, because we're just going to go to doubles and singles next, she is going to be setting some really – big records here. So Diana is another one, of course, to keep watching. She's making a lot of progress. Uh, finally, we've got Bella, youth athlete Bella. She's just learning the snatch. Uh, last Tuesday, or actually this Tuesday, I taught her how to snatch from the knees. You know, we've been working a lot from the high hang. We've been working on transitions, lowering the bar down to the knees, and then being able to bring that bar back up into the hips uh, with outstanding all the way. We're trying to find that proper power position. And on Tuesday, she snatched 22 pounds from both the high hang and from the knees. So she's making great progress. We're making small little jumps every single time we meet. Uh, next week, I'll be teaching her how to snatch from the floor. Uh, we'll see if she can handle it. We'll do a couple lifts with just the bar. And if we're looking okay, we may add a little bit of weight. Nothing too crazy. And uh, today, when she comes into class, we're going to be working on some snatch grip deadlifts and pulls from the floor. So little by little, we're going to put the pieces together for Bella. And she's, uh, she's learning very quickly. And I do know she practices quite a bit at home with a PVC pipe or just a dowel. And uh, that just shows her commitment to learning this lift. So super excited for things coming up here for Bella. Now, last Thing on the news and announcements. Uh, just a quick update on Jody, our other youth athlete who is currently in the hospital uh, dealing with uh, his recent bout with cancer. Uh, he has gone through 10 days of chemo and he finished his 10th day this past Tuesday, according to his mother, Martha. And uh, they're currently giving him a break from treatment because, as you can imagine, this is very stressful 10 days of chemo, spinal taps, all these things. This is a lot to ask a 13-year-old boy to go through. 
but he's in good spirits. Uh, he's feeling all right, according to what he says. He's, he's a very strong kid, so he's, he's very stoic in nature. I feel like Jody's not the type to tell you that he's struggling or, or in too much pain. I feel like he's one to endure on the inside and uh, try to make everyone around him feel okay about it. He's just a very strong kid in that regard. But uh, the goal is to take him off of the treatment and to see if the cancer cells come back. Because right now they're not seeing any cancer cells in his blood after these 10 days of chemo. So they're going to give him a break. They're going to see what happens and then continue from there, either letting him go home, which that'd be great. He'd be able to get out of the hospital and go back home a little earlier than we thought, or he's going to have to stay and continue to go through treatment. So let's continue having Jody in our prayers and supporting him. Uh, remember, you can go onto the Instagram page uh, for the Barbell Strikes Back, and you can find the link where you can go and donate uh, to a fundraiser for Jody to help him and his family pay for all these medical bills. Uh, thank you to everybody who has supported so far. We've had a, a great number of you uh, donate and help out Jody. So that's been great to see. So if you haven't had the chance, check out the link in the bio on Instagram. Now, let's get into some lessons here. Lessons from the competition platform. I've got a bunch of competitions in my head that I want to talk about. Not all of them. And it's kind of funny that they all kind of center around a, a certain time period of 2015, 2016. Those were just, I guess, the most, uh, the, the biggest meets that lessons could be drawn from. They, they weren't just your run-of-the-mill meets. They were ones where I either made big mistakes or I did really, really well. And I'm going to start off with a mistake. So the first meet I'm going to talk about here was the 2015 Elmira Fall Open. I was lifting as an 85 kilo lifter. That's back when the 85 category uh, was a weight class. Now it's changed. But this was my first time, and really my only time since, but my first time bombing out in a meet. And that is everyone's worst fear, or at least one of them, uh, when you're first starting off in the sport is, oh no, I don't want to bomb out. So you maybe play it very safe. You know, you don't really push yourself uh, to put PRs on the bar and you want to make sure that you can get that first lift. And you know what, that's a, that's, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, for your first meet or so. And a coach can certainly guide you to making the correct decisions on what weight to put on the bar. But it bombing out is certainly not something that should stress you out. It's not something that should follow you around in the back of your head in training or at meets. And I've, I've met and I've had athletes who in training are thinking about bombing out in the future. And you know what? I think it's one of those things. If you keep telling yourself you're going to bomb out, or if you keep thinking about it, then you're probably going to lead yourself to bombing out eventually. And that's not what happened to me. Uh, what happened to me was I just made the incorrect decision on the weight that I was going to open with. And also I didn't make the right decisions after that. The, uh, the meet before this one, which was the Elmira Spring Open in 2015, we did a lot of meets in Elmira back in the day. Uh, I had opened up at that meet at 67 kilos, then I missed 70 kilos, and then I made 71. So, so far my, my PR, if you will, at the Elmira meet was 71 kilos. 
And at this one in the fall, I decided that I was going to open up at 70 kilos. Now that's, that's not a bad decision. I'm opening up three kilos higher than what I did the meet before. So cool. I'm trying to make progress forward. We're going up a little, but the issue is, is that at that time, and also for whatever reason, it seems to actually, I've, I've kind of ironed this out, but everyone has a weight that kind of gets in their head. There's just a very specific number where you'll have no problem snatching or clean and jerking all the way up to this specific number, whatever it is for you. For me at the time, it was 70 kilos. And then when you get to that one, you forget how to lift. You just can't connect with that number. Then after a bunch of misses, you make it. And then you go up and it's smooth sailing again for a little while. It's, it's, it's just a, a weird psychological phenomena on what happens with some of these numbers. But for some reason, a seven and a zero was one that affected me. And as you can see in the spring, I missed that one, but I made 67 and I made 71, but I missed 70. So I, I should have maybe not opened at 70. I should have either maybe opened at who knows, maybe uh, 69 and then jumped up to 73 or 74 or five, who knows, but just kind of skirting around that number. So we get to the meet and, you know, I will say there was some, some stress that I was feeling from uh, the stress that other members on the team were feeling. That's one thing as, as a coach, if, if you're lifting two, then you're also still dealing with managing your team and the stress of members on your team. You know, is she going to make weight? Is he going to make all his lifts? Someone showed up late. Someone didn't get enough sleep. All of these things compound and they affect you. And uh, what you really have to do is you have to shut all that out. You have to let your time be your time and focus on your lifting and then go get your job done. And that's certainly not what I did at this meet. You know, this was back in 2015. This is five years ago. I just didn't have the experience to do that, to be able to shut everything out and do what I need to do. So I have the stress of coaching on my plate. I have this number in my head and looking back on it, and I've often thought about this, I'm pretty sure that I did my math in the warm-up room incorrectly. And as I was warming up, I think I hit either 75 or 80 in the warm-up room because this is also when I'm still getting comfortable using kilo plates. The only exposure to using kilo plates was at these meets in the early, or early like 2013, 14, 15. Because at Albany CrossFit, we only had pound plates and I hadn't done very many meets. I hadn't coached at very many meets. And when we would go to this gym, Jim's Gym in Elmira, shout out to those guys, uh, they have kilo plates in the warm up room. So definitely not used to that. And I'm pretty sure I did my math wrong and I ended up snatching 75 kilos or 80 kilos in the warm up room, then went out to the platform for my first attempt. And it's a beautiful bar. It moves differently and the weight felt super light. It, I mean, I just, I just did five or 10 kilos heavier in the warm-up room and I didn't have the, uh, the wherewithal or the lifting ability to rein that back in and make that lift. So I missed it the first time. And then what I think I should have done if I had a coach myself there helping me, uh, I, I hope they would have done this is gone up. 
should have immediately gone up to 71, two, three, anything should have just went up because it felt obviously way too light. But I panicked. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll take it again. 70 on the bar. Let's, let's stay there. And I'm probably on a two minute clock. I don't imagine anyone was following me. So I wait the majority of the two minutes. I go out and I miss it again. And I miss both of these behind me. There, it was just, just, I was throwing this thing to the roof. It was way too light. So I've got this number in my head that I'm not willing to move past because I'm afraid of what happens now in the unknown with those heavier weights. And it's clearly too light. I should have just power snatched the thing. Um, and now I'm just in this predicament. And finally, by the third attempt, I decide, okay, let's go up a kilo. I go to 71. I don't remember if I'm on a two minute clock or not, but I remembered hitting 71 the meet before. And then I missed that too. Cause by that point, I'm just all in my head. I'm flustered. I'm not realizing what's going on. You know, I'm getting frustrated. Okay. Well, I, I made all my lifts in the warm up room. I, I made them all. And I, I probably went heavier back then. And I just can't connect on these three lifts right now. And really what I wish I would have done is if I missed 70 the first time, should have gone to 75. Just that's because uh, I, I probably hit that or heavier again in the warm-up room and 70 was just way too light. Sometimes you can have a, a weight that's way too light when you go out on the competition platform and that's going to mess you up a little bit. So all these things compounded and I bombed out on the snatch. And then luckily and thankfully, I was able to make a comeback on the clean and jerk and make all my lifts on the clean and jerk, which I've seen many lifters after bombing out on the snatch, uh, quit the competition and not come back for clean and jerks or make lifts there. And I mean, I'll be the first to say, if you do that, you're a giant baby. You know, if, if your ego can't handle the fact that you didn't do what you needed to do on the snatch and you quit the competition you're a giant baby. I don't even know why, why you're there. So uh, mistakes are going to happen. You're going to bomb out. It's inevitable in weightlifting, but you will have an opportunity later in the meet on the clean and jerk uh, to try to make a comeback. And, you know, if, you, if you're maybe going the other way and you bomb out on the clean and jerk, then there's always going to be another meet, you know, and it's uh, disappointing when you see people throw in the towel and, and quit, you know. Uh, so the main lesson from this bomb out, I would say is, uh, don't play it safe. You know, I was trying to play it way too safe at this meet and it caught up with me and I didn't make the correct decisions to go up and wait and to challenge myself a little more. And it's definitely one of those situations where on the drive home, I was of course thinking about it. And all I was thinking about is, man, I wish I would have went up. If I was going to bomb out, I wish I would have went 75. And if I missed 75, I wish I would have gone 80. I wish I would have put everything on the bar that I had planned to put on the bar that day. And I wish I would have gone for it instead of playing it safe, missing that first lift. And it was clearly too easy and not making decision to bump it up, which of course, if you miss a lift and it's clearly too heavy, that's a whole nother situation. Uh, you're going to have to try to rally there and make that lift. But this was a situation where it was way too easy and I was playing it safe and I shouldn't have. So that's uh, lesson number one, don't play it safe. And also, I guess if there's a, 
uh, a lesson to piggyback, piggyback off of that is uh, don't be a baby if you bomb out in a meet. You know, have your five-second pity party and then get back to work on the clean and jerk. Or if you bomb out on the clean and jerk, get back to work with training and fix it for next time because you're a weightlifter and bombing out is a reality that a weightlifter has to live with from time to time. Uh, next up, we've got the AWF Grand Open. This is the inaugural Grand Open in Las Vegas. And this is a significant meet for me because it was my first time flying in an airplane and first time going to Las Vegas. Uh, these are all, those are both things that weightlifting has done for me, is uh, putting me on a plane many, many times because I wasn't really one to leave the upstate, tri-state New York region. Uh, although I probably wouldn't have left you know, for any other reason um, other than weightlifting. So uh, at this meet, you know, I, I get there feeling tired, you know, uh, feeling a little jet lagged, never flown across the country before. Uh, but that's not really anything that played too much into the lifting. Uh, I wish I could say that I didn't play it safe on my snatches again. Uh, I ended up snatching, I believe, 67 kilos at that meet. Uh, and it was certainly a different experience. Um, the, the meets in Elmira were always very small. Uh, there weren't that many people there. They had lots of chairs and tables set up, but they were sparsely populated. But at this meet in the Monte Carlo in Las Vegas, there were several hundred people in the room watching you lift. So the, the atmosphere was, was, was very, very high. The, the energy was high. The music was blaring. It was, it was like a party. Uh, it was one of the most fun meets I've ever been to. I love those AWF meets. Uh, so wish, but I wish I, would, I could say that later on in the year, I would have learned my lesson on not playing it safe on the snatch. But I, I do know I was a little more tentative at that one because it's like, oh man, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bomb out again. This was my first meet after that Elmira meet, so of course I'm going into this with the bomb out fresh into my head, and that's a tough meet to go into, knowing that you just did that. And I wish I could have forgotten about it. I wish I could have left it in the past and try to set something new, but I didn't. Uh, but either way, we got some snatches on the board. And then that brings us to the clean and jerk. Now, at the time, I was making great progress on the clean and jerk. At the Elmira meet in the fall, I believe I ended that competition with 98 kilos. And then shortly after that, throughout the rest of the fall, the AWF Grand Open meet was in January. So that fall and winter, I started to make a lot of good progress on my clean and jerk. I started to clean and jerk 100, 102 on the regular at the gym, making a lot of progress. And at the time, my PR in the gym was 102. And I was starting to hit around those numbers pretty regularly. And I had the goal of going to the AWF Grand Open to try to get a PR on the clean and jerk. That's I, 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 no confidence at all on the snatch. It's like, look, man. Let's just get a snatch. Let's not bomb out again. And then let's go wild on the clean and jerk because that's my more confident lift. And it's my time to lift. Competing in the 85 kilo category, I go out there and I miss my first clean and jerk. And I was like, oh gosh, here we go again. This, is, this isn't good. And at the time, uh, I wasn't missing 100 or 102 at all in training. I was always making these lifts. 
But what I probably didn't account was for the toll that travel would take on my body and how it would feel. So it was definitely harder in this situation. Plus there's the added stress of all these people being in the crowd, never experienced something like that before. So I missed the first one. And then what do I do? I stay at 102. All right. So you can see how history is possibly starting to repeat itself again. Uh, and so I stay at 102. I'm like, all right, you can do this. Give myself a pep talk in the back room. You can make this lift. You make it all the time in training. Um, I had missed the clean on that first attempt, which normally I make the cleans. And if I'm going to miss something, it's going to be that jerk. Don't really miss cleans that often at that weight. So I go back out there. I take my time. I had rushed my setup. I had rushed my process of going to the chalk bucket to get chalk, tightening up my belt. So what I need to do is I just need to focus and I needed to do my lift. Uh, I, I didn't, I couldn't let the situation or the fact that there's all these people there and there's music playing and all that stuff and the, you know, the adrenaline's pumping. I couldn't let any of that throw me off my game. I had to do the lift the way that I practiced doing the lift time and time again. So I went out there, I chalked up, I got my belt tightened, I approached the bar the same way I always do, I focused and I tuned everybody out, and then I made that second clean and jerk at 102. Had to walk it around the platform probably a little bit, and then got the lift. Awesome, we're in the game, we've got a total. The weight is off my shoulders, now what am I gonna do? Well, let's go for a PR. And the whole way to Las Vegas, I had had in my head, the, the dreams, you know, you, you start to fantasize about weights that you're going to possibly hit. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to hit 102. Then I'm going to go like 107 or 108. Then I'm going to go, you know, 110 or 112. I'm, I'm gonna, I have all these big plans and that didn't happen. But at least I got one on the board here. I went over to the, uh, the, the announcer's table. Ryan Grady is there. For those of you who know who Ryan Grady is, I'm like, Ryan, 104. And bumping up to 104 and that will be a PR. That'll be a lifetime PR at that time on the clean and jerk. I go into the back and the whole time I'm like dry heaving because like I had pulled so hard on that 102 clean that that bar just, it choked me out. It was just lodged into my throat and I just ripped on that thing as hard as I possibly could to get it on my shoulders and not miss that clean. So dry heaving the whole time. I'm on a two-minute clock. There's no one else who's taken 103 or 104. Everyone else is either at 105 or higher. So it's just my show right now. And I'm sitting on the floor. I'm watching the clock. I'm breathing. I'm like, all right, James, another pep talk. Pep, pep, bleh, pep talk. You can do this. You can do this. Just do your lift again. And the not knowing, the, the unknown aspect of 104, since I'd never tried it before, uh, I feel made it a little easier. It's a, there was no expectation on it. I was just going to go out there and I was going to try my best to make this lift. And I went through my same process. I got the chalk, you know, I'm tuning out the audience. People are cheering for me. You know, they want to see me make this lift. They know it's a PR. Uh, it was Ryan Grady had announced this is going to be a PR. Tighten up the belt, walk to the bar, breathe, hit the clean. It's most I've ever cleaned. I stand up with it. And then I was patient. Didn't rush that jerk. That's, that's a mistake I easily could have made. Took a nice big breath in, and then I hit the jerk. 
did a little dance around the platform with it as well as I tried to stabilize it overhead. Got the down signal, lifetime PR of 104 kilos back in 2015 uh, on the clean and jerk. And the, the, the main lesson here, there's, there's two kind of, uh, the main one is to, to test yourself. You should push yourself in meets. You should put weights on the bar that are unknown at some point in your lifting career, uh, whether it be the second attempt, third attempt, you know, maybe if you're trying to qualify for something and you have a specific number, okay, but it's a great time to do it at a meet because you'll never have that energy and that atmosphere more than likely when you're lifting in your gym. There's just something about, especially a meet like that, where you walk out from behind the warm-up room curtain and you see 200 people and they're all cheering and they're happy to see you. They're ha- like, even though you're like, all right, I'm only, I'm only lifting 104 kilos here. This isn't a whole lot. Like later on in the day, you're going to watch Pat Mendez and John North battle by doing 200 and 205 kilos, which they did later on in the day. And it's so, but everyone's happy to see you and they're always going to be very supportive at a weightlifting meet. And it's, it's going to motivate you when you hear people yell your name and say, Hey, come on, James, let's go. Let's make this lift. And it's just, uh, you're never going to have that time when the situation is just right like that other than at a weightlifting meet. And that's one of the special things at a weightlifting meet. So test yourself at those weightlifting meets. And then the other piece of uh, advice or the lesson that can be learned from that experience is uh, don't, don't rush. You know, I've, I, I know I was tired for that first clean and jerk, but I'm pretty sure I missed it as well because I, I, I didn't do what I practiced all the time in the gym. And I can't remember if I talked about this on another podcast. I might've, but you know, the, the routine I go through on getting a chalk, tightening up the belt, approaching the bar is always the same in training. And now here I am at this meet and that just goes out the window. I, I chalked up in the back room. I had my belt on before I left the curtain. I just power walked right out there, went up to the bar and blew it on the first clean. So it's um, don't, don't rush your whole process. Take your time because you've got the time. And that's also how you train. So that's the AWF Grand Open in Las Vegas. Love that meet. Uh, next up, we've got the 2015 Elmira Spring Open. So this was the, the, the meet before the fall open there. And this one stands out in my mind because it's the one and only time that I missed weight at the weigh-in. And this is, if you've ever missed weight and you've weighed in heavy, it's embarrassing. Let me, let me tell you, that's, this is, uh, you know, there's one thing about the bomb out, you know, it, it's going to happen, especially the longer you stay in the sport and the more you push yourself and, and you know, that's going to happen. But the one thing that probably shouldn't happen is missing weight. And uh, I was attempting to compete in the men's 85 kilo category. And next thing I know, I'm competing in the 94 kilo category. And I was only up by like a couple points, you know, like I was probably like 85.3 or something like that. Uh, Nothing that I I had time to, you know, get off or, or anything like that, because I'm also coaching. So I can't be trying to make weight and sit in the sauna or anything like that. And I just remember 
you know, feeling like I let everyone down, you know, on my team because I, I, I missed weight. Uh, me uh, and Patrick, who was uh, my heavy lifter at the time, we are, uh, we're going to be lifting in the same category now. So now you have little old me, five foot five, 85.2 or three kilo person lifting with all these giant people in the 94 and 105 uh, and 105 plus categories, all these giant people. Uh, and there's, there was really no excuse for it. Like I, I know that back then I did a horrific job of managing my weight at that meet. Like there was just no thought put into it. I literally thought I was just going to walk in there that day and be okay. And you know, the, the night before, I believe we probably had dinner in, in Binghamton and I, you know, I had a giant rice bowl at a Thai restaurant, you know, tons of sodium, all kinds of carbs and stuff. And this is a, a massive, you know, 12 inch bowl stuffed with rice. And, and it, I just had no, you know, no, the caution was thrown to the wind and I just didn't do what I need to do the night before the meet, the week before the meet, and also the day of, and I just expected it to happen. And I can tell you, you know, I, I'll, I'll always remember it. It was just so super embarrassing to miss weight. And the, uh, the, the nice thing about a local meet is if you miss weight, they will let you go up to the next category. But if this had been, you know, something bigger, if this had been the AWF Grand Open, if this had been, you know, like any of the AO series that we have now or any of those bigger USAW meets, uh, they don't let you do that. You know, you're, you're going to be immediately disqualified from the competition. And that's where the lesson comes in the, the play here. It's uh, you need to make, quote, the first lift. Weighing in is the first lift. It's not the first snatch. It's when you get on the scale at the meet. Uh, all the lifting and training that you've done in the kitchen is for that lift. That's your first job at the weightlifting meet is to get that number on the board and to get it on your card and to make weight. And if you don't, then your whole, the whole rest of your competition is possibly thrown off, uh, especially if it's at that bigger uh, event. So make the first lift. Don't miss the weigh-in. And that should, that should literally never happen. So I'm still embarrassed about it to this day. I mean, how in the world was I competing at an, as a 94 at one point in my life and my lifting career? <laughs> uh, next up, we've got the 2016 AWF Grand Open. So a year later from that first Grand Open. And this was my best meet ever. Uh, this is where I had my best performance ever. I haven't been able to top it yet. Hopefully I will uh, shortly here. But uh, at these, this meet on the snatch, uh, I opened up at 65 kilos. Then I went to 75 kilos. And then I went to 84 kilos. And those are some big jumps. So those are big, way bigger jumps. If you look back just a year before when it's uh, 70, 71, 67, 70, 71, I took giant jumps at this meet. This was a, a no fucks given meet. And really what happened was, I showed up to this meet. This is my second time, again, traveling to another city on a plane. It was so hot in New Orleans where, where they had the meet. And just the, the hotel room didn't have good air conditioning. So I didn't get good sleep. And I just felt so drained and so tired. And when it came time to warm up, everything felt awful. 
I'm lifting on like a, a totally rusty bar that barely spins in the warm-up room. I'm missing my early warm-up snatches or I'm like walking them forward and just everything just felt like absolute garbage. And I'm like, oh man, this is going to be, this is going to be a rough experience here. And like, I didn't want to show up to this meet, you know, with, with all my friends here and all these people here that know me and not do a good job. And I'm like, all right, I'm opening at 65. Let's just keep, let's just get there and, and let's just do it. And they call my name, Ryan Grady's on the mic, calls me out. I go out and I smoked 65 kilos, felt completely different. And then I'm like, you know what? F it. Like I want to go for a competition PR and I want to go for 84 kilos, which was um, a weight I had not done yet at the gym. 84 kilos works out to about 185 pounds. And that was a big goal of mine was to be able to snatch that, you know, like I wanted to be able to snatch 185 and then eventually work my way up to 200 and 220, 225, but all these pound benchmarks. And I had not been able to connect with it in the gym yet. And I'm like, you know what? I, what no matter what happens at this meet, I'm putting that weight on the bar. I just got my first snatch. So let's go. So bump it up. 10 kilos on the snatch to 75. And then I go out there, I'm feeling good, feeling, feeling awake. And I miss 75. And I'm like, you know what? You, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to happen if you don't try. 84, put it on there. They call me out for my final lift and I hit 84. And I still have the video. It, it looks like a very easy 84. It didn't feel very hard. I was super amped up by the crowd. I was more comfortable being in front of that crowd now. And I had a whole year's worth of training under my belt and I just went for it. And, you know, I mean, those are the biggest jumps I've ever taken in a competition for the, for the snatch. And it was my, my best result, 65, 75, 84. And on the clean and jerk, I probably opened up with maybe like 103 or something like that. And then I went 108, which was a competition PR not a lifetime PR or anything like that. And then I went up to uh, probably like 112 or 113 or something like that. And then I missed that lift. But I ended the day with a lifetime PR snatch, a competition PR snatch, competition PR clean and jerk, and a competition PR uh, total at 192. And that was my best competition result ever. And the, the, the lesson to be learned there is that you know, one, the, the warmups might feel awful, but you can't let that get you down. Uh, when you go out to the platform, you'll probably feel amazing. You, you, you might feel a little bit different when the adrenaline starts to get you. You know, I, I'm so glad that I didn't let the poor warmups on weights that honestly didn't matter. The only weights that matter are the ones that I'm going to go do out on the competition platform. So I just, missed a weight. Maybe I missed, you know, 60 kilos in the back, which I'm pretty sure I did. You know, I just bumped it up. Let's go 65 or, or, or let's go 63, you know? Uh, and I just went about it that way to not let it affect me. And then I just decided to just throw caution to the wind and just go for it on these snatches, which is a stark difference from the first meet I talked about where I was unwilling to go up a couple kilos to try to rein the session in. And sometimes you just have to go for it. You know, those were 10 kilo jumps. 
I don't know if I would do that now, but then again, you know, if the situation presents itself and you're feeling a certain way, you just got to go with it and you got to go for it. So uh, sometimes the warmups are going to feel off. They're going to feel heavy. You're going to feel tired, but that doesn't mean that they represent what you're going to feel out on the competition platform. So don't bring that out there with you. It's a clean slate. It's a new bar. It's new weights. It's fresh chalk. It's an audience and you have a job to do. So that was just a great experience at that meet. Uh, next up, we've got the 2019 Christmas and Kilos meet in Auburn. Uh, shout out to Swaggler Strength and Performance out there for always throwing amazing weightlifting meets. Uh, this is a fairly new one. And really, it's just significant because of who I got to do it with. So uh, this is, um, I've, I've done so many meets and there, there've always been people from the Albany CrossFit Barbell Club team, you know, team members are always there to do the meets. And the lesson here is that if you're a coach, you have to lift in front of your athletes. And, you know, you might have a lot of athletes doing a meet and you might be tired and stressed and you have to do all these things, but it, it does so much for them to see you put your shoes on to see you strap up the singlet and to go out there and do the thing that you're encouraging them to do. And, you know, I didn't have any kind of uh, a big PR meet or anything like that uh, in the 2019 uh, Christmas and kilos meet here, but I feel like just putting on the singlet and uh, leading by example was important. And I try to do that whenever I can uh, pretty much the vast majority of the time at any of these local meets. And I just think that that's a, that's an important thing to, for an athlete coach to do, you know, uh, sometimes you're going to be in a situation where you're a coach solely and, you know, maybe like I'm at the Arnold and I didn't qualify and my job is just to be a coach, but at the vast majority of these local meets, I'm an athlete coach. So I'm an athlete myself and I'm showing everyone that, you know, I'm doing exactly what I'm asking them to do as well. And I just think that's super important. You know, there's probably many coaches out there that just don't compete with their athletes. And I just think it builds up a certain level of camaraderie as well to just be in the trenches with them and to have them see you go out there and make lifts, have them go out there and watch you miss lifts too, and go through the same things that, that they do. You know, I don't often get to train with the barbell club team I typically train earlier in the day by myself. And then when it's time for barbell club, I'm, I'm coaching. So we had at the time, many lifters who literally had never seen me do a snatch, you know, unless they went digging on Instagram or something like that, they'd never seen me do things. And then it's also totally different to see it on video versus to see it in person, you know? Um, okay. All right. He does move kind of fast, you know, <laughs> or, or, or things like that. So, it's just an important thing that I think uh, coaches should do. So there's an early uh, coach's lesson. Now I've got two bonus meets that I'm going to talk about here. Those are my kind of top five. Uh, bonus number one was my first meet, the Niagara District Championships in Buffalo, New York. This is all the way back on 2013. Uh, I was looking at videos of it and uh, I didn't have weightlifting shoes. I was lifting in uh black innovate running shoes because I didn't own a pair of weightlifting shoes. I'd never used them before at that point. And I was wearing the same singlet that I use today. 
So I was like, I've, I've only had one singlet. And uh, the lesson that I can draw from that first meet is, you know, I was so nervous. I had no experience. I was lifting, you know, weights that were nowhere near what other people were. I was going to do all three snatches, all three clean and jerks. There were several uh, youth athletes that probably lifted at the meet more than I did. And, you know, but I just went and did it because I wanted to do it. And I wanted to be involved in the sport. I wanted to start gaining experience. And I knew I wanted to start bringing athletes to those meets, which I actually brought um, my first athlete to that meet as well, uh, Richard. And I mean, like pretty much the coaching was just like, all right, uh, um, what, are you, what are you thinking on doing? I guess you should go tell them and good luck. You know, and I'll, I'll film your lifts and high five when you're done. There was, there was zero coaching, you know, actual coaching, because you know, I had no idea what was going on. But I went there to observe, watch other coaches coach, and to do it myself. And I know I fell on my second or first clean and jerk. You know, I got to the bottom of the squat. The bar, you know, went all the way back into my throat and my neck. And I started to topple over like a tree that had just been cut down. And then the bar rolled back, you know, and I didn't, I didn't hurt myself or anything like that, but you know, that was, that was kind of embarrassing, you know, like, all right, my first or second clean jerk ever in the sport. And here I am falling over with it. It's probably just because I didn't have stable shoes under me. I'm I'm doing this on in running shoes, but it's like, uh, I meet so many people who, when I tell them, Hey, you should do a weightlifting meet. We have this event coming up and the typical response is, Oh, well, I'm not ready for it. Oh, I, have, I, have, I have so much training to do. I, sh- I need to be able to hit this number. I want my PR to be this and that. You know, uh, I don't have all the gear yet, all that stuff. And it's like, just do it. I mean, like you're, you're, if that's the mindset you have, you're never going to be ready for it. You know, I mean, like I said, I had just bought a singlet. That was the first time in my life ever wearing a singlet. And I still have it and I still use it. Uh, and I, I had no weightlifting shoes. I fell on the clean on one of my attempts and I, I didn't do anything remotely close to what I would define as coaching, but I, I tried, you know, and it's like, you're, you're never going to be ready for either one of those things to start coaching or to start doing the meets yourself. You just have to go and start gaining experience. Like you're going to have to start at some point. So why not start now? So that's, that's the lesson there is that you're, 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 you're ready now. So just go do it. And uh, my final bonus here and the final competition I'll talk about, this one isn't weightlifting related. It's uh, powerlifting, but this was my first experience in strength sports, uh, competing in some kind of a strength event. And it was at the 2011 Monster Bench Press Competition. Uh, it was a bench press only event. And I would typically bench press by myself, you know, in my mom's basement when I was lifting at home. I was still going to community college at this point. And um, actually, no, uh, SUNY college. I was, in, I was in Cortland at this point and wanted to go out there to do this, this event. And so what does one do when they're young and in college? Well, I was, I was up all night drinking with friends and partying, you know. Uh, and, you know, not realizing I have this, uh, this strenuous event coming up the next day. And then I get to the event and I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, so I asked the guy at the, the card table, Hey, uh, what do you think I should open at? 
And also, uh, what are openers? What, 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 what do I have to do with those? And he tells me what they are and gives me some advice on picking an opener based off of my max. And I believe my max on the bench press at the time was maybe 210. So he tells me to go with 190. And that was a, a weight in pounds that I could do uh, multiple reps in a row with. I could do at least five with 190. So he's like, all right, do that. You'll be okay. And then decide to go up, maybe, maybe go up by five or 10 pounds or something like that. So gets to my turn. I'm warming up in the back room and I'm starting to get a little nervous. All right. The, the nerves starting to creep up, maybe hyperventilating just a little bit, you know, Did, didn't get a whole lot of sleep. So I'm feeling a little tired and then uh, I go out there. They call me out and I hit 190. All right. No, no problem. All right. That wasn't so bad. Although that was very stressful that first meet or the first lift there. And then I go up to 205. 205 is, is, a, is a weight that I'm confident I can hit. And also, I want to try to go for a PR. I want to see if I can get 215. And I'm feeling good. I, I know I was feeling strong at the time. They call me out for 205. And for whatever reason, there was a little more pressure on, on that lift. You know, it, it was definitely something I couldn't do for five in a row. You know, maybe I could do one or two, maybe three if I push for it. And I take it off the rack. The guy who is helping me lift it off the rack, he spent a little bit longer than I would have liked holding the bar over me. He didn't really let go of it as quickly as I would have liked him to. And also just to kind of uh, give all the details here, my friend that went with me, who Troy, who was supposed to give me the lift off, chickened out. He didn't want to go out there to give me the handoffs. So I had to get someone that was just working there to do it for me. So that was a whole thing. And then, so that guy held it a little bit too long and I had already taken my breath to brace. I start to lower it down, make contact with the chest. I press it up, it gets about halfway and I black out and drop the bar. Hands just roll back and they open and the bar just comes crashing down and lands on my chest. And the side spotters and the guy behind me weren't ready for it because the bar was coming up super fast. Like it, it was, I was, I was about to crush this 205 pound bench press. So everyone was like, Oh, he's got it. He's looking good. But in a, the blink of an eye, I blacked out probably cause I had been holding my, my breath for too long. And also I was like hyperventilating a little bit earlier. The nerves are getting to me lack of sleep, alcohol, the whole, who, this is a perfect storm of things. And I drop the bar on my, um, on my chest. They realize it when I, I wake up after the impact. So I blacked out the bars in free fall. It hits me. And then I wake up, I turn, I look at the spotter to my right and he makes eye contact with me. He's like, Oh shit. They grab it. They put it back up on the rack. And then, you know, later people are checking up on me. Hey, are you, you're all right. Are you going to go for your third attempt? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go for it. And luckily the way powerlifting works is that at a meet like this, everyone does their first attempt. Then everyone does their second attempt followed by everyone doing their third attempt. So I, it's not like I was going to follow myself since I was going to do the same weight again for my third attempt. Um, I just had to wait for everybody to finish their second attempts and then for us to get back to the lifting order for third attempts. So I had a decent amount of time to rest and recover from that. 
And then I went out, you know, everyone's cheering for me. I'm the guy that dropped the bar on him at, at the meet. The only guy, by the way. And then I go out and I, I hit 205 and I got it. And, uh, the, 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 the lesson to be learned here is, um, to, to, you got to make a comeback, you know, no matter what happens to you, you have to remember to breathe. You have to, to make a comeback. You have to go back out there just like with bombing out, you know, you don't want to be a baby. You don't want to just quit. And I'm also happy to say that many years later, probably around 2016 or so, I went back to that meet to do it again. And I, I did a, a 225 pound lift on the bench press, having not trained bench press like in forever because I'd only been doing weightlifting at the time. So I was super happy with that to, to get some redemption every now and then you have to get redemption at a meet. So I was glad to make a comeback and do that. So let's do a little quick recap here. Uh, lesson number one, uh, don't play it safe. You know, uh, uh, sometimes playing it safe can lead into a bomb out or it just can just lead to stalling your progress and not getting to your goals in a timely fashion. And also the, 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 the secondary lesson there would be if you do bomb out, you know, have your five second pity party but then you need to remember that you're a weightlifter. This is going to happen. You're an athlete. You're someone who wants to win gold medals and do big things. Don't be a baby. Don't quit. Go out there and do your clean and jerks or sign up for another meet right away. There's no excuse to not do either one of those. Uh, lesson number two, test yourself in meets. Lesson number three, uh, make the first lift, which is the weigh-in. Uh, don't embarrass yourself by not paying attention to your nutrition and to making sure you have your, your weight under check when it's competition time. Uh, lesson number four here, uh, the warmups sometimes will feel bad, but when you get on the competition platform, it'll feel amazing. So don't, don't judge your performance in advance by how you feel. Uh, the weights in the warmup room can lie to you your body can lie to you. So don't let it get into your head. You just have to do the job at hand. Go out there. You're going to have a clean slate on the competition platform. And um, if it's feeling right, make those, make those jumps and go after your goals. At some point, you have to go, go for it. And it's, it's kind of funny. At that meet at the Grand Open, I was fully willing and open to bombing out. Like I said, no matter what, I was going to put 84 kilos on the bar. I had done a bunch of meets between them. And I was like, you know what? I am sick and tired of playing it safe. I'm going to go for it today. And it led to a lifetime PR and a best total. So uh, remember, warmest might feel awful, but you can do amazing things out on the platform. Go for it. Uh, the next lesson was uh, a lift in front of your athletes and with your athletes if you're a coach. So there's like an early coaching lesson. I'll do a coaching show here in the future on weightlifting meet experiences. And then the bonus. Uh, you're ready now, so just go for it. You don't have to have all the fancy equipment. You don't have to have certain numbers <coughs> Excuse me, under your belt. Uh, just go for it. And unfortunately, right now, there aren't a whole lot of meets to go to in certain parts of the country, like New York. But when they are, you should sign up because you're, you're ready now. Start getting experience now as either an athlete or a coach or both. And then the final one, 
uh, uh, here. Uh, so make a comeback. You know, uh, if you bomb out, if you uh, uh, miss a lift, if, uh, if you drop the bar on yourself like I did, whether it be that day or whether it be the next time that meat rolls around, uh, have a chip on your shoulder, carry it with you. You earn that chip and then make a comeback and knock that chip off. And good things will happen with your lifting and you'll make good progress that way. Guys, those are all of my experiences and lessons from a select bunch of competitions that I've been through over the years as an athlete. Like I said, I'm going to do another episode from a coach's perspective and share some things there. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember, you can support Jody by going to the Barbell Strikes Back Instagram page and clicking the link in the bio that has a link to the fundraiser. Any help there, again, is greatly appreciated. Uh, make sure you follow me, James A. McDermott, on Instagram. If you have any topics or anything you want to hear about, any questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, feel free to shoot me an email or shoot me a DM. DM. I would be more than happy to answer your question here on the show. Uh, make sure you head on over to Apple and iTunes for podcast reviews. Leave the show a five-star rating. Leave some positive feedback. And again, as always, thank you so much for listening. Until next time.